So if somebody is saying something to you about who you are that you're outraged about, stop for a minute. Got to ask yourself, what does it mean to you? Are you confronting something about yourself that is hard to look at? Or are you so emotionally dependent on their validation that because they're not approving of you, you're thrown into a crisis and you panic? But understanding our reaction to a projection is also the other side of this coin. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. How's everything going? So far, so good here. Yeah, happy holidays, Patrick. The season is upon us. It is, and I and I've got, and I want you guys to know that I have uh, I, I I have some Christmas presents already wrapped. When I say under the tree, we have a small tree because cats will attack. And you know, if you, if we learned a long time ago if we put up a big tree, those cats see that as and as they should. I've got a good head start on on the, the holidays and the, and uh, gift gift giving, and I'm I'm excited about it this year. I'm in the mood. That's good to hear, Tom. That's good to hear. Yeah, I'm excited today. We got our tree today, and the kids are downstairs as we talk, starting to open up all the ornament boxes and getting ready to decorate oh, the wow. tree. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that, that's got to be interesting for you, though, Alan, because you've been through that before. With you know, and it's been years and years ago with your with your with your adult children, and it's like it's it's. It, I don't know. Just say something about that. I'm just curious. How is that to re-experience it? I can't be re-experiencing it because you're a different man now than you were then. Very different. It's, 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 you know what I love about it? I love the sparkle in kids' eyes as they think about Christmas. Yeah. You know, or Hanukkah, whatever, whatever they celebrate. Yeah. It's such a magical time of year. You know, funny. I was telling you guys about that show and you, that you've seen magic for humans. Yeah. And that this time of year is a magical time of year for for so many kids, and yep. it's such a such an exciting and and time of the year to, to celebrate, to to enjoy each other with, and to have good fights with. Uh-huh. My God, some good grinding that takes place during the holidays. That's, that's absolutely. It's yeah. The the uh, the you know I have a I have a. Uh, handout that, that just remains on my my download page always now i used to take it off and put it back on the, in the holidays it was just it's just a, it's just a, a two or three page thing called help for the holidays i often talk about going to see family during the holidays as, as therapy field work you know <laughs> it's like it's time it's time, it's time to go on a little field trip to see what see what we can see and you know and, and for and i don't know about you guys but i'm probably sure this is true just just in case just in case you forgot how you got to be the way you are Go see the family. I love that line that Ram Dass has. He says, if you want to know how enlightened you are, go spend a week with your family. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Exactly. It's a great line. I feel a little better equipped to do the holidays now than I did a few years ago. And this may sound overly simplistic, but I think just gratitude at being here and being mm-hmm. conscious and just being able to sit with friends and family or, you know, uh, whatever the loved ones that I happen to be with, uh, this time of year and just uh bask in it this is like the first absolutely. time in my life when i've been able to do that well absolutely and what and one of the things too that you know we you know we're we're here to talk about emotional sobriety we're talking about the the, the which i and i love the idea that we use bill bill wilson's uh, uh terminology and calling it the the the, the recovery's next frontier because i think that's what it is and is it's but 
as as being as the three of us are, we're all recovering addicts. That's how that's that's the doorway we got in. We got got into to this this process with is this is also a time to really go back and be grateful about that. And, and also just, just to, to, to be sure we're, I want people to hear who are, you know, and it doesn't mean that it has to be a early in your recovery. Some days, sometimes you can just come around and, and, you know, the holidays are, the holidays are, are trickier than, than other times for, 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 uh, for recovery, whether that be substance abuse, alcoholism, whether that be uh, eating, eat, certainly eating disorders. Uh, you know, I work with eating disorder people a lot. It's a very, very treacherous difficult time uh but but any any number of things and just so I, i'll just speak from the point of view of being a being a recovering alcoholic it, it's like it's you know it's i just think back in in terms of gratitude what you're saying patrick is is and realize that i didn't even know in the old days you know how much more tension how much more difficulty there was for me because because there's so much permission to what i what i discovered there's so much permission to be drinking uh, during during these times, you know, and I think this is the case where I see there's a parallel with people with eating disorder recovery. There's so, you know, there's so so much permission to even be out, outside the bounds of what we normally consider you know, okay. In my addiction, I was always gonna I was always gonna take full advantage to every everything I perceived as as an opportunity. And so it, you know, it really, it really made, made things difficult for me and it made difficult things difficult for people around me. And my God, just as, just the idea, even all these years later, just to, just to be reminded to be grateful for how much simpler this is. You know, the, the, the question, I don't have to be in conflict about to, to drink or not drink, to use, to not use, because, you know, and I, and I support that one day at a time. I'm not, I don't take it for granted, but, but the truth is, you know, the, that when that question comes up, it it's, it's really dispatched quickly because I already have the answer. You know, I don't drink. I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't use, I don't partake of that and, stuff. And, you know, and it yeah. is so much nicer. And it was hard fought, you know, and I love it's a beautiful way you talk about that, that like, you yeah. know, uh, that was a battle. And but you. Oh, yeah. You made it. So each one of these days, including Christmas Day, including, you know, certain days in, in any other any holiday, it's, it's just 24 hours. It's just another day, another 24 hours. Just get through that day. And, you know, and I tell my clients sometimes it's like like, you know, you, you if you need if you need to forget sometimes that it's a holiday and just get get through. Go ahead. You know, you know put it aside and just get through this day because I'm going to feel better when I get to the other side of it. See, the exciting yeah. thing I am, I feel about this time of year, especially with the gift that emotional sobriety gives to us, um, it was really well described the other night in our Thursday night meeting when that grandma came on and she said I was mm -hmm. with grandchildren and here I am I'm sitting there getting all upset and angry and disturbed at how my kids are treating their kids yeah remember that when she shared that yes yeah yeah oh yeah it was wonderful and then she said I knew she says because I've been coming to these things to these meetings and I have this, this, you know, this information that if I'm upset, I got to check out what's going on with me. So she reached out and called somebody that was had also been going to the meetings, and they sat and they unpacked her disturbance, mm -hmm. and she realized that they were violating her unenforceable rule on how they were supposed to do things. They, they weren't. And then she examined the should mm -hmm. she had and realized, you know what? 
I think what they're doing is a lot better than what I think they should be doing in terms of how they're dealing with the kids. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. That, and that's the gift. See, that's the gift that we have been given with emotional sobriety, that when we hit a disturbance, right. that we have some methodology in terms of what to do with that instead of just getting mad at the situation, blaming ourselves, blaming others. We have a way of getting our emotional center of gravity back. If I were going to choose like maybe one thing that we emphasize more than anything else, it's it's, it's practice. In 12-step terms, it's it, it works only if you work it. But it reminds me of times in therapy where you realize that your client is making all this progress because you're not having to work very hard. You know, I always say we learn from all how we fuck things up and, we, and it, you know, and I have a lot of material for that. But we also learn from things we do right and it's really, and that becomes the bigger challenge sometimes is to recognize when it's not just, well, I'm glad that worked out. We'll say, oh, I'm glad that got better or that worked out. No, it didn't work out. You did what you needed to do and you were a part. I'm not saying you did it. You controlled the whole thing, but you worked, you were a part of the solution. And that was a beautiful example of that. Yeah, really a great example of it. And, and she said that she says, my God, I achieved a certain emotional freedom from that that i've never yeah. experienced before in my recovery and what uh -huh. i think you had several decades or something like that 26 yeah. years yeah yeah in the program so it's look that's the exciting thing about emotional sobriety right it is giving us a gift and in these mm -hmm. things they feel magical when they happen because mm -hmm. they do right it's it like mm -hmm. it totally turns everything on its head that we that we thought we knew that we thought was the truth and and to me that's the exciting thing when i see somebody come in or share like she did with so much excitement uh -huh. about what she discovered man uh -huh. that makes it all worthwhile doesn't it yeah and 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 talk about our, the the we're playing with the theme of magic of, of uh based on the, what the what's the name of the show magic for humans we're talking about on, on netflix yeah it's it's um the magic is sometimes happens at the time of, that you're experiencing it. The other thing though, is because, because, you know, the best insight is always hindsight. Very often the magic comes a little later and what happens. And I think that might've been a case of that, but what happens is when you're, when you're talking with somebody else and you're looking back and you're describing it, then, then, then you see the magic. Then you go like, Oh my God, you know, that was recovery. You know, because, you know, one of the things, you know, I'm always talking, we always talk to people about differentiating from their disease, from their, their, their saboteurs, all that stuff. And we do that because, the, you know, those, those are not actual, in my opinion, those, a lot of those things are not actual authentic parts of themselves. The recovery self is absolutely a part of yourself. And therefore it, it comes in and it, it takes a little extra effort to pay attention and, and, and differentiate that a little bit so that you can see, wow, there's a new, and it's not, and I don't think the recovery self is a new thing for anybody. I think it's the wisest. You always talk about the wiser part of ourselves. I think it's basically more, the better metaphor is a, is a, is an atrophied muscle, you know, that hasn't, you know, we haven't had, you know, the, 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 the negative and the sabotaging culprits have had more, more credibility, but 
but when you start to listen to that quiet, it's quieter, but it's a very powerful voice that will tell you. And what what does it start with? I love that. I'm going to go back to this example you're using because what it starts with is something we really need to hear in the holidays. Because a lot of times we 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 get more afraid of interrupting our friends and and not bothering them during the holidays. It starts with getting support. Make that phone call. Get get somebody. It, just remember that that none of us can do this alone. None of us have. None of us will. It's like you know we use each other for that kind of support all the time. Yep. No, that's really right. That's what she did. She knew something was off, and she couldn't unpack it herself. And she got some feedback from somebody that had been doing this work. You know, it's yep. like turn to somebody who has something we want, right? That's what yeah, we that's right. And that's what she did. And it really paid off for her. And it was just a it was such a great example of like I've been saying, the gift of recovery. Now, the other thing is is that this is what we were going to talk about today, Tom. And I do think mm-hmm. it's a also a timely issue because as you said, a lot of things get activated during this time of year, mm-hmm. right? Because there, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of hopes and expectations and feelings, and some people have very fond memories. Some people that you know grew up in in an abusive home or with alcoholism just remember being terrorized and disappointed at this time of year. So there's a whole range of experiences that people have. Now, the good thing is, is what we keep talking about, emotional sobriety is a consciousness of emotional freedom, right? A consciousness right. that creates an, emo- an experience of emotional freedom. So, you know, how do we get there? Well, we've talked about one thing is, as we say, if you're disturbed, as Bill said, try to understand, you know, what's underneath that, right? That's what right. we're, that's what that process mm-hmm. is. What's going on that's causing this. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing is, is to understand this, this psychological mechanism called projection. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Yes. And I loved it. So Fritz Perls, who was the founder of Gestalt Therapy, he had an interesting idea. He said, I, I differ a little bit with Freud because Freud felt like repression was our primary defensive defense mechanism right that that mm-hmm. people use repression to deal with the disturbing experiences they have is push it down void it don't deal mm-hmm. with it Fritz believed that that projection was the number one mechanism now mm-hmm. what's the difference so with they're both dealing with something that is uncomfortable that is disturbing but with repression, you stuff it, right? You mm-hmm. bury it. You you mm-hmm. somehow, sometimes even try to disconnect yourself from it, compartmentalize the experience. Yep, that. yep. Well, with projection, what we do is we take what's going on with us that we haven't come to grips with, and we give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's like we make a gift of our of our unwanted. <laughs> I keep to, to, to uh, people we care about, right? Oh, now, now I see the theme for the holidays. Yeah, here, 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 I got some under the tree for you. Here's your protection. Here's, here's, here's my gift for you, Alan. I think you're an asshole. It's right. like, it's, it's like, what? It's, <laughs> no, that's perfect. You know, the, the, the thing I jotted down as you were saying that too, and I never thought about this way, I'd be interested in your thoughts, is 
when you could, and, and this is oversimplified, but so, so is a lot of my thinking. Uh, but <laughs> rather than stuffing something down to your, just your left knee and, and trying to forget about it, it's like, it occurred to me when you were describing the, the Pearl's difference with that was, ah, oh, well, in that way, again, it's a little bit more of a positive slant, even in the midst of the dysfunction and, you know, and in, in the, in the toxicity, I'm trying to do something with it. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to manage this. I'm trying to, I, there's, it, may, it is an unconscious thing, but it is, there is a part of me at that level that is aware that this is here and I need to do something with it. So I project it onto you. Yeah, I don't like it. So I'm going to give it to you. Right. It's like, yeah, a hot yeah. Potato, right? but, but, but there's movement. It's not, That's you know, because right. you and I, I'm always talking to people, I'll say, you know, as long as there's movement, we're, we, we're, we're, we're cooking, you know, it's like, it's like, I, I'm, I'm always, one of the main things I look for when I'm working with folks is, are we stuck? You know, and that, inc and that includes me as a therapist too, because you know, this experience as well. So, you know, especially once you've known somebody for a while, when you think about in terms of just the, the relational part of therapy, we're part, we're part, we're part of that system. And so some, sometimes our own codependency becomes a, a factor. Sometimes, you know, our own projections can become a factor, that kind of thing, but we can use all that. But if we're stuck, that needs to be the, the pri priority of our, our attention. We need to get things moving. And, you know, and, and it may seem, it may seem kind of like sloppy therapy, but I'm going like, I don't even care what movement we have here. We just need to get something unstuck and moving. And then we then because then I have a lot of confidence that we can figure it out together. If I've, if, if I've got a client that's working with me, collaborating with me, we'll figure this out. The, the way Fritz described it, which I love the, the, the um, metaphor he used, he says, <clears throat> imagine that we're all living in houses and they're lined with mirrors. Instead of wallpaper, they're lined with mirrors. Mm -hmm. And we constantly think we're looking outside and we're seeing the world yeah. when what really happen is we're seeing ourselves. And I think that this is a very important part because we've got to remember this, this ties into the, the syndrome we've talked a lot about that makes us take things so personally is that it's all about me. Mm-hmm. And see, it is all about us. There's no question about us. But right. we don't realize what that means at times. Right. Like you said, if if I'm seeing everybody in the world as an asshole, guess what? That means that somehow I'm not dealing with the part of me that's an asshole. Right. right. And that when I come to grips with that, then I'm then I don't see that as such a prominent characteristic of my environment or the people in my environment. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. see, that's the other thing is that when we, you know, integrate a projection, then all of a sudden it loses its power. It's mm -hmm. no longer controlling us the way that it controls us before. You, you Prather, who you, you like him a lot too. He wrote that book. Yeah. Myself, right? Oh, love it. Love I'll it. Never God, forget yeah. When I read that, I was newly sober. I had about a year in sobriety and he, he was writing about, I realized that when I really don't like someone, and I mean, I really don't like them. That mm -hmm. what I'm seeing is something about me that I haven't come to grips with. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, see, that's the same thing Bill is taught. If there's, if I'm disturbed, there's something off with me. Yeah. So this is another possibility. If I am seeing something in the world that really turns me off, disgusts me, I can't stand, or if I see another person and how they behave, they're, they're selfish or self-centered. 
it's it's very likely have a reasonable suspicion that what you're seeing is is or struggling with is your own selfishness that you haven't dealt with absolutely projecting that on someone else i used to do work i used to do uh, workshops with a with a with a wonderful therapist who who did dream work with people she really specialized in that and we did these dream groups and dream works and stuff and the the private you know there's all kinds of ways to work with dreams but the most powerful way i've ever seen is the way that, that i learned from her which was which was to see every every person and every object every detail of your dream as as an aspect of yourself to anybody who is saying saying something that i certainly have said in my my head at, at times with that is well wait a minute maybe that person really is an asshole it's like sure that you know they're the best assholes are the best person people to to to, to project that onto because because it'll fit fine you know if you you know if yeah if you want to get irritated at you know something about somebody who just something about distraction projected onto me i distract everybody on everything forget about having some kind of objective truth about this well you know what freud thought or what Fred Pearl thought or anything this is a very powerful technique for personal growth yes. it's like it, even if you do it act, act as if act as if you are the person who has the issue that you're upset with in another person and if you do that you'll process that the result in my opinion is more off, far more often than not going to be exactly what you said is that they're going to find that that has less energy you know and it may may even may even you know dissipate we have a lot of tricks of the trade to help people understand mm -hmm. yeah. actually, right? that's one of them that you just talked about yeah. you know becoming that person and yeah. now talking as though you're that person and describing yourself and when i have yeah. people do that all of a sudden at some point they go uh oh i think i'm right. talking about myself <laughs> i mean and see that that's the difference see see freud when he talked about projection thought that it was all unconscious the difference with with fritz was he didn't look at consciousness as a vertical thing he looked at more horizontally is and what yeah. what it yeah. meant was is that instead of us repressing things that we're not aware of is that we don't look at things we are uncomfortable with so they're still part of our awareness we just don't want to own them and so oftentimes when we get a person let's say to play that person that's an mm -hmm, asshole let's mm -hmm. say yeah that one moment they go wait a minute I, I don't know if I'm talking about myself or that other person, right? right? It's all of a sudden now, some of that stuff starts to get assimilated, right? Gets right. integrated and they lose the sense that it's the other and see that they're talking about themselves. Well, the, the, what, the other piece that is in, maybe this is something I should have gotten a long time ago, but, but this, that distinction between the, 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 the vertical and the horizontal is, is so powerful to me because what you just said is I could, because I, I'm, I'm a sucker for anything that becomes a continuum. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like, because, because what that, that takes us out of the black and whiteness of things. It's like, it's like, like, so what you're, what you're actually saying, and, and it, it just fits perfectly when I, when I, you know, install it in my, my thinking is so what we, what do we do? Well, one of the things we do is we have conversations about this stuff in a way that's kind of in a neutral zone, fact, factual. We talk about this. We, we make room for it being safe for us all to have all these flaws and everything like that. And so what we're doing is we're nudging our 
we're nudging that stuff on the continuum into awareness into more and more into more clarity you and i know this and i you said it and i've said it i don't tell my client anything that they don't already know right i help them reveal their truth to themselves yeah and see this is what this is where i think fritz was so right on because when you think of consciousness on this on this now horizontal plane it means there's things I'm aware of and things I don't want to be aware of. <laughs> Perfect. Right? That's and, great. Yeah. Right? Yes. Then, things. Okay. Let's say that again. Things I'm aware of and things I don't want, I to, don't be want to be aware of. And then we yeah. take those those parts of a person that they don't want to listen to that are talking to them all the time. And you and I, how many times do we see the these parts that a person doesn't want to listen to? They have something important to contribute to a person's Ooh. life, but Very. because person's ignoring them and alienating them from their conscious self right, right. they're not able to to integrate their wholeness right they're not right, able to right. integrate these other parts of ourselves you know you and i have always said in every every disturbed behavior there's a positive intention absolutely every disturbed absolutely, behavior. Absolutely. sometimes we don't understand it we we may not be aware of what it's saying because we push it away we say mm -hmm. this is good and that's bad right mm -hmm. and so we don't want to go to the bad mm -hmm. but when we get rid of those labels and we start to say everything is information let's start looking at what do you not want to talk about today i love saying that to someone when i'm running a group uh, listen, I, love, I, I love to start the group off with say all right i want everybody to share one thing that you don't want to talk about in the group today this yep. is collaborative it's like i love i love it when i get involved with this stuff and my client is the one to point out where i'm wrong it's like good i love that because i go oh my god i've been missing that point all along but you got it yeah, and right and we go with that. There is such an it's, it, the collaboration is what really pays off. Yep, right on, Tom. So the other part I want to bring up. So one of the things we're, we're asking you to do is try to be aware if there's something going on, someone in your environment that you really don't like. See what what you might be projecting. Right, it, yes, have yes. a reasonable doubt that you're not just seeing them, but you're seeing something in yourself that you haven't come to grips with, that you haven't come to peace with, or yeah. that you're not dealing with. So here's the other side of this coin. So later on, um, I think it was more the object relations folks, they started to have this idea that there was another mechanism going on in a relationship. So if I project, Tom, you're an asshole onto mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. and you take that projection in, they called that a projective fit, meaning that you agree with me, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you're off on the races. Now you're dealing with your own, you know, feelings about being an asshole and not liking it or either resisting it. How dare he call me that, right? Pushing it away or taking it in and say, yes, I'm the worst person in the world. I'm terrible. What do you call it? Negative arrogance, right? Mm -hmm. Right, you know, right. Oh God, I mean, nobody else is as bad as I am and everybody's terrible and I'm the worst human being that's ever existed. That kind of a thing, right? So this projective fit is the other side of this. So if somebody is saying something to you about who you are that you're outraged about, stop for a minute. Got to ask yourself, what does it mean to you? Are you confronting something 
about yourself that is hard to look at? Or are you so emotionally dependent on their validation that because they're not approving of you, you're you're thrown into a crisis and you panic? But understanding our reaction to a projection is also the other side of this coin that's equally as important as owning your projections and owning what we call in psychology, your projective fits, right? How that projection may fit inside of you. Yes. So this becomes the other side of the coin. And I think it's very important as we talk about this is to understand both sides of the coin offer us a very important opportunity to grow ourselves and to become more of what we can be or to become more whole. See, that's the way I like to think about this because always... The disowned parts of myself fragment me. Mm -hmm. I operate, when I operate from all of me, then I'm operating from the best of me. When I'm only operating from parts of me, I'm going to be incomplete in my ability to deal with a situation. What do we say? Mm -hmm. A broken clock has the right time twice Mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. But it's just for twice a day. Mm -hmm. We, We want us to be able to be able to tell the time whatever time of day it is. And to do that, we have to now do this work that Tom and I are so committed to is helping people find a way to deal with this civil war that goes on inside of themselves. Man, I have not either remembered or didn't know the the, the term projective fit. My civil war is ongoing. And um, I've, I've felt stuck this morning. I felt stuck the last couple of weeks. Um, I've been doing the work uh, very imperfectly, but I just hope that if I continue showing up and listening, that some of this will work its way into my uh, daily practice. And by daily practice, I just mean uh, from when I have my feet at the ground in the morning to when I turn in at night and all the mm-hmm. things I do in between. I'm very much still in the uh, Antietam <laughs> stage of the Civil War. There's a lot there that you feel like is applicable that you're going to be able to, to make use of. I think so. And, um, you know, I I think that what Alan just said brings a lot of it together, which is we need to integrate all parts of ourselves in order mm-hmm. to be to be fully answerable to the situations that arise. The key to understanding that is just to mind your reactions. What you're bringing to a situation, there may be there may be things mixed in that you're not aware of. What emotions may be coming up, what you might be projecting onto that other person or situation that um, could uh, add quality to you know the way that you're proceeding through the world and, and these interactions with people, places, and things. Yeah, yeah and I want I want people to know too that 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 a very a very appropriate and very often powerful uh, response to recognizing our reactivity in a situation is is to consciously move into an observer's position you know be the it, that's not that's not that, that, that and when i said i became kind of speechless with with what after what alan said it's because i had so you know it's one of those deals where i had it was like the three stooges trying to get out of the door at the same time you know it's like i had so many thoughts going that it's like it just it, 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 it wasn't it was it wasn't silent in my mind it was noisy because there were lots and lots of thoughts that were being given and so one of the things i've learned about that is is and I and I say this to to people I work with relationships all the time, but it apply, the same thing applies to intrapersonal relationships. Is when in doubt, slow everything down. 
and observe. Make, this is where journaling is so fucking powerful. It's like I, I used I used to feel uh, like I was being pushy when I would talk too much about or so much about journaling because because I thought I thought maybe maybe I was putting down on other people because I'm a writer and, and and but but what I have discovered is even people who are not naturally writers or don't have any interest in writing the the whole process of journaling is the one of the most powerful ways of slowing everything down and creating some observation and 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 tell me if this is not true for you alan I, i've had a couple of ex examples of this recently when we get people writing when when we when it applies to us too but when we get to writing it's like we can write we can start and talk about some of the most negative things some of the most you know the trash talking parts of ourselves but if we write if we write and kind of do that as a regular thing that recovery voice is going to show up. It comes forward eventually. We don't, that person who's doing the journaling, I sometimes am the one pointing it out to them when I'm when I'm hearing what they've written. But it's like if you live, if you give yourself the time to 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 actually just pay attention and do this, you you are you're going to get well, everything is information. You're going to get more information. And up sp spending time observing yourself, I say to Patrick and to anybody else listening, it's like it's there is no, there, I don't know if there is anything more valuable. Yeah. Just being observant. You don't have to put it together. It, it can be just puzzle pieces all over the damn place. But if you're paying attention, you're looking at them, you're learning, you're, you're, you're coming up with ideas, you know, hypotheses, whatever. Well, for me, I mean, there's no harder thing in the world because uh, you know, I want to pay attention to myself, but I also don't want to have my head at my own ass. <laughs> you know, I want to just right, try right. and uh, remain flexible. I well, think that... getting your head up your own ass actually calls for a great deal of flexibility if you think about it. <laughs> but Patrick, you listen, and you can hear it in your voice on how disappointed you are in yourself. Yes. Right. You You really have this idea that you should be further along. That this you should be more you should have mastered this stuff more at this point in time so just be aware of that that there's that part of yourself that has a very high expectation of where you should be at and see that right now is probably more important than anything else for you to get a handle on is to take on that part of you and you know i love what tom said if we can lower the bar every day Mm -hmm. in terms of our expectations then as soon as my feet hit the floor i've made it that today is a success anything else that happens just happens for today yeah, but if yeah. my feet if i can roll out of bed and put my feet on the floor and go from there to get a cup of coffee this is it baby it, you know i, I don't Alan, that is, that's I mean, it that's I, this, this actually this is interesting this is like group therapy right now because this comes together from, from with what, what patrick was just saying and that and what you just reminded me of is this very and this is what this is what i think about when I, when you when you talk about patrick that you don't seem you seem disappointed in yourself is that you know recovery something recovery and and peace and whatever all the stuff we're, we're seeking it's not something we're heading toward it's something that runs right down the center of us and we're in and in and out of touch with it all the time yeah. you know and 
Because when you're describing that, Alan, and what I'm thinking, this this is literally from this morning. This morning I get up. Mornings are tough. I've said this a lot. The mornings are tough for me. My my depression, my depression, my negative thinking resets. I'm so I'm working on that. I don't think that has to always be the case. I'm not trying to affirm it, but it's like mornings are harder for me in terms of just I'm not the guy that I like to be in the mornings. I I'm a, a, my negativity. The, a lot of stuff is there, and I was noticing that this morning, knowing we were going to do our podcast and stuff, and I had other things I was going to get done in the morning and i and i i, I stayed in bed because i stay in bed sometimes to avoid getting up and having to face my thoughts uh you know when i have the time to do that and and i just remembered the thing we, we, we we're working on is living in the moment is not a concept living in the moment is living in the absolute very moment is a practice and so i began to do and i was i was in the kitchen i said i'm so I just began to narrate my day. It's like that I'm, I'm getting my second cup of coffee and immediately realized that or very soon realized that I my anxiety was lowering. OK, that's just a, that's a technical thing. You know, we have a lot of different parts of ourselves, but but we can only hold on to one conscious thought at a time. And that's 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 the psychology of mantra. And, it, and it's like if I'm narrating myself through my hallway out over to the place where I'm going to sit down and do my morning morning reading and I'm just saying those things to myself, it's like I'm not. Ha Does that mean, oh, I, I changed my day. and I'm having a wonderful day. Nope. It just means I'm fully present in the moment. And what it meant was I wasn't sitting there worrying about a bunch of crap that, that I had no no control of from that moment. So it's like. That's that's shit we encounter on a regular basis. Any, any, I mean, maybe there are people that are just far beyond me with it, with that kind of stuff. But if somebody told me they don't have, you know, and I'm sure it's all different. Everybody has their different stuff. But if somebody tells me, you know, I mean, you and I've talked about that, Alan, before. It's like, you know, the 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 person in the self-help business or the therapy business that basically, you know, has an approach of, you know, yes, yes, I understand. Because long ago when I was fucked up like you. You know, it's like, I don't trust those people. I just, you know, maybe, maybe they got it, but it's, it's like, I don't trust them. You know, if we, if I, if, if you or I want to give an example of how we fuck something up, we don't have to have a very long memory. So look, Patrick, there's, there's, I, I do want to differentiate this. The part of you that wants to get better is healthy. See, the part of you that's saying, hey, yes. I really want to get on top of this stuff. I really like to be able to do this in. And so, so that part of what you're saying, if you could tease it out, right, from the expectation is something you want to hold on to. Mm -hmm. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to grow along these lines. But I will appreciate progress rather than perfection. <laughs> See, that's why Bill put that in. It was so important because we get that all messed up. We get up, we get messed up with the idea of striving for being this way with that we have to be this way to be okay. And see, there's a real value. And see, in, in one way, I, I sometimes curse the people at Nike when they say, just do it. <laughs> I, I believe in that. I think it's right. But also striving to do it trying to figure it out there's there's a value to not pulling it off all the time because mm -hmm. you learn through your mistakes right it's a series of we call it successive approximations mm -hmm. you know maybe every now and again i may hit the bullseye oh by the way you guys i went to the marine corps museum and and they have a rifle range in there it's yeah. a 
yeah, it's a virtual rifle range. Uh-huh. But, but it had the old M16A1 that I had in Vietnam. The one that you had, yeah. I picked it up and and I and I shot. I was at 300 yards. And look at my grouping after. Well, I was in Vietnam in 1970. Oh, my God, Alan. Huh? Stone hey, cold. God. So if I if I have a rifle and I'm pissed at you and you're running away, I know I, I, that's no. that's where that's where my that that our great minds run along the same course. That was my thought immediately was <laughs> don't piss Alan off anymore. I was like, why, why are you showing this to me? Are you trying to tell me? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, but to have to have that level of mastery after all those years, after all those years. That's, man, that's how good the training was, man. I'm wow. telling you, every Marine's a rifleman. And I'll tell you, every technique, it was just all right there. Is you don't pull this the trigger, you squeeze it. That you exhale out on on the shot. That you, I mean, all the stuff that I learned, and that was a damn good grouping. You know what? I got the same score I got in boot camp, marksman. Isn't that amazing? After I'm impressed, man. That, that's about, so- <laughs> I was so proud of myself. It was that's like, right. man, Burger, right. you still got it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And see, and see, Patrick, to draw, to watch, watch, hey, watch this, watch me pull this back into to our conversation. It's, it's this is this will be like a magic trick because see, see, Patrick, when you when you're when you're off the bark as much as we all are in general in our lives, once we get the bullseye, we get to be that excited because it's, <laughs> it's no, so it's no, so fucking rare. There's only one or two shots in the bullseye. Everything was in the black, but. Yeah. I was close. I was close, right? That's, that's, that's what no. Laughing. That's that's what I see is the is the middle of that area. Yeah. No, I I I see the damage that would be done to me if I was standing in the wrong place. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much to both of you for helping me put this in a more helpful hey, listen, context. I think you know this, but I I really care a lot for you, Patrick, and I know Tom does too. And mm-hmm. listen, you we our relationship we've grown quite close to you know together mm-hmm. all as we all have i mean it's it's been this whole journey tom i can say this to you as well it's yeah, like yeah. God, it's like i've 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 enlarged my family i mean i've really enlarged my family and now i've got a family everywhere so it's a wonderful thing yeah it's, a, it's all right amazing. well on for, on onward christian soldiers mm-hmm. right we'll see mm-hmm. everybody next week and mm-hmm. next and- week is a is a really exciting episode we're welcoming uh, dr peg o'connor onto the show and uh she's going to talk about her different relationship with the higher power um how she struggled with it and um some conclusions oh, that she's drawn from uh, the work she's done in uh, addiction Peg. and recovery Peg, peg's work is very important so this will be a great show see you then Tinge your life, tinge your myth Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with Then with glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me It ain't a crime to be a human Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Will entertain me like nobody else So here's to us, my old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children on me Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me